Welcome to the Pete Primo Show. It is episode 97, and I have my friend Chris Tahaney, the Senior Vice President of DreamFit on, and we are going to be talking about sales secrets of the best retail sales pros, and we are going to have a ball today. Chris, in his generosity, is giving away a free set of your choice DreamFit sheets. All you got to do is make a comment to enter a drawn at the end of the show. We are going to draw a name and you'll send your information to Chris and you will have your choice of a free set of DreamFit sheets absolutely free. We pay the shipping. We pay everything. And without a further to do, let me pay the bills very quickly. Sell a Million is my book. And if you have been sleeping on it, hurry up and order it. 100 tips for furniture and mattress stores. The best compliment I've ever gotten on it is take the word furniture or mattress out of the book, and it's just a great marketing book. It is really for store owners. It is not a sales book, even though anything that I put my hand to will bleed sales because I absolutely love sales, and anyone who knows me knows that. Anyway, I want to thank our sponsor, the Mattress Industry Network. Steve, thank you. Thank you for all you do for our industry. The Mattress Industry... Industry Network Group and Facebook is absolutely free. Scan that QR code, join the group, tell them Pete sent you. Say hi to me when you're in the group. And let me tell you who should join the group. Anybody in the mattress industry. This is a group that uh, was put together because there wasn't enough good information that was, was not slanted one way or the other. This group is run by retailers. So um, you're welcome if you're on the wholesale side. You're welcome if you are a sales pro working a retail sales uh, floor. You are welcome if you deliver mattresses and you love the mattress industry and you just want to learn more about it. If you are in the mattress industry, we want you in the mattress industry network. Scan that QR code. If you want to learn how to network in our group. If you want to learn how to market, how to merchandise, how to be more successful running your stores, this is a group for you. Hurry up and join. What are you waiting for? Steve, thank you for your sponsorship. We thank you. And Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you, Pete. It's good to be here as always. Uh, hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving with your family. Hopefully all your customers did as well. I uh, did. It was great all the way up until uh, middle of the day on Saturday, and then it went to the opposite of heaven. So I will say this to all my friends in Michigan, congratulations. Uh, you guys were the better team that day, and uh, this Buckeye is, uh, is in mourning for his, for his Buckeyes. But we will, uh, we will keep the faith, and we will press on. But... Uh, I'm your number one fan. I want you to win the rest of the games this season so I can say, if it wasn't for those darn Wolverines, we would have won the whole thing. So, go blue. And, and to anyway. piggyback on that, I will, I will, I will also say anybody that's, uh, um, that's sad about that, Arkansas started the season right number ninth, and they are now six and six. So, imagine how right. <laughs> so, Chris, there's something I'm dying to ask you. I just want to know if this is just my experience and, and it it's not the same as yours. 
But one of the things that I've always noticed about the very, very best salespeople is they're the first one to ask a question in a sales meeting. And a lot of salespeople don't like to ask questions in sales meetings. And I understand because I'm an introvert naturally too. So I, I get that. But they're always the first to ask a question. But something, if you, something more, when you watch their body language, when you're doing a sales meeting, there's an attentiveness, there's a hunger, there's a thirst for knowledge that doesn't seem to be present with the middle of the pack guys as much, guys and gals. And especially when you compare the top sales pro to the bottom sales pro, you can almost tell who's checked out in a sales meeting and who's... And, and, and the thing that I always think about, Chris, is this. This dude or dudette doesn't even need to listen to me. They're 10 times better than I'll ever be. And they're listening to every word I say. And the dude or dudette over there in the corner that is not sleeping, their owner has already told me, you know, they're one foot out the door and they're not listening. So is it just me or have you noticed this thing too? Oh, absolutely, Pete. So the, uh, I would say over the course of the learning curve of my career, generally you were uh, most passionate, most enthusiastic, most well-accomplished, most well-accomplished uh, sales pros are very outgoing in that they want to show you uh, their abilities. And, uh, um, I've even had that quoted to me by regional managers, like generally like middle ranking management uh, at retailers will say, um, Chris, one of the things I've noticed is that the better salespeople uh, are the ones that go out of their way to give you their presentation. They they are the ones that are excited uh, to just call all in and say, here, let me show you how I do it and what's been so successful for me. And the ones that don't are, are the ones that generally, if you were to look at a, if you were to look at a ranking, generally tend to be uh, in the middle of the pack or down lower in the pack. Um, and, uh, uh, and it perhaps can be something as simple as they just haven't really been able to find, uh, what motivates them. Of course, you can't vote. I, I believe you can't motivate anybody. Uh, you can certainly set the conditions and, uh, you could help them decide and find their own motivation. But, uh, uh, that's, uh, that's generally what I see. Anybody that, uh, is not at that level where they're excited to give their presentation and excited to show a vendor. Um, let me show you how I do. Let me show you why I'm at the top of the list. Uh, as opposed to the ones that don't, uh, are, uh, could very well be as something as simple as they're struggling to find their own motivation. Mm. Wow. So good evening to you, Guy and Kyle Danes. How are you guys doing t tonight? Thank you for saying hi and thank you for always being here. I, I appreciate you guys. So let's dive into this other little piece of it. Um, I can almost always tell when I walk in, it's a feeling. It's nothing that I, it, it's a feeling. It is, it, there's an energy that a top sales pro projects. And it's not always in that like hyper. One of the best salesmen I've, ever met in my life. He's retired now. Mike Smalley from Wayside Furniture. He was an introvert, uh, but he was 100% focused on the customer. He was writing literally twice as much as anybody else on the floor. And he's retired. And he's young, 10 years younger than me. He's, mm -hmm. he's retired. He's done. He, he, you know, 
it stopped being fun. And he was so busy with all of his investments. He, he, and you did not get, you know, he wasn't a hyper guy. We didn't run up to you, shake your hand, pat you on the back. None of that. He was really kind of introverted. But boy, I'll tell you what, when this guy spoke, it was like that e- old EF Hutton commercial. People listened and his customers listened to him. Um, have you, have you seen that too? The, this energy thing that's not necessarily just an outgoing hyper slappy on the back energy. There's this, this sometimes they're very quiet, but there's a power and you feel like, man, everything this guy or gal says is so substantial. You know, you just, you just want to listen and take notes. Yes, I have. So the, um, uh, I, I think that in, in general, I mean, just, you know, sometimes I think we have to take a step back and just think to ourselves, what do we like as a consumer ourselves? What type of environment do we want to immerse ourselves in when we're going to a retail or how do we want to be handled by a retail sales associate? Uh, and, um, uh, and, and, and some might not necessarily like the high energy. Uh, and, and I, and I get that. Uh, some might want to deal with just, uh, a, a human being. Uh, some, uh, may, they, they, they want to be left alone. We, we've seen this as well. Uh, but I could absolutely empathize with what you're saying when you, uh, when you encounter salespeople that might not necessarily be the most energetic, uh, outgoing. Uh, in fact, one of them immediately comes to mind and may rest in peace because he since departed. Uh, but, uh, uh, he assumed a sale in every single moment of his interactions and he spoke very little. Uh, he asked very key questions. He would let the customer answer and then. He would naturally just go from one place to the other and he would use human transitions, which are very important. He didn't just barrel in there. He was very cognizant that the customer did not want to come in and deal with up to seven, eight or nine different sales presentations for different components. Um, he realized that he had to be a human being and kind of glide that customer exactly where he wanted them to get to. And then he would just ultimately assume the sale and he would, um, play into the customer's, uh, um, not necessarily ego, but he would make the customer feel like that they are the smartest person in the world. And this is just something that you do. And it was just assumed. And then all of a sudden, when you look at a list of rankings, he's the guy at the top, but he was never energetic. He would never speak up at meetings. Um, his customers would, would probably walk in the store and, and ask, where is this guy's energy? And then before you know it, they would walk out, uh, with, uh, with a pretty immense purchase. Um, that was better suited for them anyway, probably. So absolutely, Pete. Awesome. Yep. So Scott Vaughn from Happy Z's. We love this Scott. This is one of the things that amazes me. Scott, you listen to every episode. Your people are listening to me. So hi, Nicole, and whoever else is listening. Uh, I appreciate you guys being here, and I appreciate your hunger and your thirst for additional knowledge. And to say two legends in one place is is uh, is awfully generous and awfully kind of you, Scott. One of the things that amazes me is you are one of the top performance stores in the entire country, and um, your your hunger, your consistent hunger for knowledge is, I find, uh, extremely rewarding. And it makes me want to give more to you. And it, it, it makes me 
up my game. It makes me realize, am I still as hungry as I was when I was 20 years old and I started doing this? Am I still that hungry? And sometimes the answer is yes, and sometimes the answer is no. I've been in a really good role and really happy with what's going on, not happy with the general economy, but with most of my dealers are doing just fine. And, and Scott Vaughn, you're one of them, you and, and, and Wanda and your team there, you guys keep trucking along and you guys are putting up numbers that nobody is putting up. So this, this thing that I keep kind of coming back to, there's, there's a, a hunger that you can almost see. And it's it, it, even if you took my sight away from me, I could feel the hunger. Uh, Nicole, I mean, she is literally a bundle of energy, positive energy. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, you, can, you can feel her coming a mile away and she doesn't even need to say anything. I mean, she just wants it. She wants to make every sale that walks through the door. And not only that, she wants to do the right thing for the customer. To me, that is the single most important thing for a sales pro. You know what I used to tell my guys every Saturday? I would tell them the same thing. I'd have a little sales meeting, five minutes. I'd review what's in, what's out of stock, blah, blah, blah. And then I'd say one thing. And the one thing is, guys, Serve every customer the best you can serve them. Do not think about what's in it for you. Do not think about your commissions, how much you're going to make. Because if this sale comes down to it and it's tight, they're going to feel it. The customer won't buy from you. You'll never know why. They'll never know why. It's just a feeling that they had. And if you're 100% focused on them and doing the right thing for them, your heart is in the right place and there's a power that you have that almost makes it unfair because when you are just full of wanting to do the right thing for your customer, they can feel it. They may not be able to articulate it and say, well, he did this thing, A, B, and C, but you're not even doing A, B, and C on purpose. You're just flowing. You're just doing what you do and doing it for the benefit of the customer. And when we find ourselves in that place as a salesperson, whether you're a sales rep or a retail sales pro, that flow, that alignment with what they need and what you're providing becomes so powerful. It's almost like a secret weapon. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd be remiss if I didn't just say really quick, just for the sake of color, uh, it is a pleasure to be with uh, two legends. Now that Scott has joined us, uh, <laughs> a couple of legends there. So uh, just just be remiss if I didn't say that. Um, and uh, I'm also acquainted with Nicole, and I'm glad that you brought her up because she definitely deserves it. In fact, I would encourage anybody uh, watching today to uh, take a couple of moments, just go to Facebook and uh, and like Happy Z, Sit and Sleep, and then you will inevitably in your feed uh, be treated to uh, just just some incredible uh, workmanship of a retailer that just has been embraced uh, with nothing but love and admiration from the communities that they serve. Uh, and when that happens, um, your your passion and your uh, confidence begins to soar. I remember being in one in. Uh, uh, one of their locations and Nicole was handling a customer 
And she said to her customer, okay, and your total today comes to just $12,248. That is only possible with a, with a significant amount of confidence. And uh, she's definitely got it. And it's only because of the, the business that Scott and Wanda and their family have built. And it's, uh, it's a very, very you know, proud thing for me to be associated with that. And I'm glad that he's joined us today. Yeah, I am too. And uh, Scott, you are in the drawn for the free set of sheets. So I'm glad you're here for that as well. So, you know, when Scott says, we are blessed beyond measure, thank you for your kind words. That's one of the secrets of top retail salespeople. And it's the one of the secrets of all successful business owners and all successful sales reps. And that is gratitude. Gratitude from the bottom of the, your shoes to the top of your head. Really, truly being thankful. Yeah. When we're thankful, we tap into all kinds of good things. Um, so gratitude is a huge one. And I, I feel like I'm kind of hogging the show. Hey, Chris, you want to come on my show and Talk about sales secrets of the best retail sales pros, and I'll just like hog the whole thing. Stu, what you got? The man who lives wherever he is currently at. Let me get some of those miles. <laughs> Stu, we love you, man. Stu's love another you, Stu. big supporter of the show. Absolutely love Stu. What I love is watching him grow. I've seen so much growth in you, Stu, in the last year. It's unbelievable. And you talk about somebody who's truly thankful and good things are happening. That's Stu right there in a nutshell. Absolutely agreed. He's a very inspirational fellow too. And sometimes that can make the difference while we're talking about sales. I mean, Stu is just uh, uh, just an overall general good guy who is not shy about taking to uh, social media who he knows he's going to reach 1,500 people. Uh, any, anytime he posts something, it's generally something that's inspirational motivating. And uh, if I'm somebody in this community, I may very well take that into consideration when I'm shopping for uh, any of the products that he retails. Um, and uh, I, I appreciate that he does it. Uh, he certainly is a great partner for us. And uh, I'm glad that he's tuned in as well. Awesome. So what you got for us? I know you've been thinking about this because um, we talked a little bit about it. But, you know, one of the things, uh, Chris, and one of the reasons I wanted you on the show is I remember when you were coming out of the sales training department at Protect the Bed, you became my sales manager. And I'm like, so, Chris, uh, you've never been a sales rep? Nope, never been a sales rep. And you're going to be my boss? And we talked for, I don't know if it was two hours or three hours. And I don't, I, you know what? I couldn't even put a number on how much we talked. It's not in the hundreds. It's in the thousands of hours. Our wives could probably tell us a little bit closer. But um, one of the things that I thought was amazing about you is you are an absolute student of sales and you are a student of the industry. You love this industry. Uh, you feel much like I feel. Um, I'm blessed to be part of this industry. I'm thankful to be part of this industry. 
And I want to do everything in my power to give back to this industry, especially when you know we're walking into some tough economic headwinds. Some of our friends will make it and some won't. Some will get driven um, out of the business and some of them will ab- absolutely thrive. And anything that we can say or do that positively influences this industry, I want to do. And I know that's how you feel about it too. Um, when we talk, Chris, one of the things that amazes me is you, you would say something like this. Well, you know, I was in Southern California and this sales pro told me blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, I was in uh, Florida and this sales pro told me, and, and right now you're at the le- sales leadership conference for the, for the industry right now, um, in a hotel room and, making yourself available to do this show in an already too busy schedule. So as somebody who loves sales pros and who talks to sales pros and regional managers a lot, what are the markers that you're looking for and and what are the things that they do that maybe other salespeople don't do? So um, that's a great question. Um, I think that... um, uh, early in my career where I kind of had my epiphany and thankfully for me, it came early in my career. Um, you had mentioned that I was at ProtectVet, uh, where I entered the industry as a sales trainer, uh, with a very distinct and direct, um, level of responsibilities, which really, I mean, which sales wasn't necessarily the full point of them. And I'd say probably about 70, 80 days into my career. Uh, I had a gentleman at a store that when I was covering product features, benefits and advantages, uh, he said to me, uh, Chris, you know what? Can I, can I just, I, I need to confide in you in something. And that is, can you help me how to sell? That's what I really need. And I need it badly because I'm on a performance plan that if I don't pull myself out of, um, I'm going to get let go and I cannot get let go because I have a wife and two kids at home. So if you could help me with sales techniques, that would benefit me because without those, I'm not going to be able to sell your product anyway. Um, so can you help me with that? And, um, I'm glad and, and, and with the benefit of hindsight that I kind of put the brakes on and I said to him, I said, Ross, I'm going to come back on that. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to say goodbye to you now. And I want, I, I need a little bit of time on this. And I want to do everything I can because what you said was very impactful to me. I've got a family as well. And anything that I could do to try to take you out of that element, I certainly want to contribute to that. So I did exactly what I told him. Um, came back in about a week and I kind of, that's where I pivoted. Uh, even, even, even in a role, which was more design or product training. Um, I shifted more towards sales very early in that career. And, um, I've since made a career out of it. It's gotten to me where I've, it's gotten me where I've got to today. So I think humility, uh, I think a salesperson being able to, uh, whether they're excelling or not, uh, being able to admit that they've got, uh, their shortcomings. And you were, we were talking about some of the best that we've seen in this business. Some of the best I've seen, Pete, are the ones that have no problem admitting that they've got room to grow, uh, that they understand that their customers are not, uh, the same customers that they sold to five years ago. Uh, that they understand that uh, there needs to be an integration of uh, traditional sales uh, sales skills along with uh, the use of technology, like Stu does a great job of, like we were talking before, uh, like Scott and his family do uh, with their business. 
Um, you know, so I think that that's a very, very big, big factor is that the better sale, the better the salesperson, the bigger the willingness, uh, to, uh, to evolve and to admit, uh, that there is room for them to get better. Yeah. So I re this just brings back some memories. Um, and, and since you know the gentleman I'm going to mention, um, you can double check the veracity of, of, of this. So I was nine years in as a retail sales pro, most of the time as a sell and sales manager. And the only reason I didn't get out in se- seven years is because I was a really bad interview. And I finally got out. I went with sort of mattress company, which, um, when I went with sort of mattress company, that was the mattress uh, company out of Beloit, Wisconsin that Bob Sherman ran. And, and, you know, it's funny. They only had one factory and they said, Pete, we're going to own all these factories all over the place. Just pick out a place that you want to live and, and, you know, put your name on it and that'll be, you know, just let us know where you want to be. And, and they actually pretty much accomplished that. And, uh, I felt very overwhelmed um, when I first got on the road. And so I would call almost every night Scott Montague. And he had been on the road about a year or two longer than me, maybe a couple years longer than me. Uh, but I always thought he was older than me. He's the same exact age. He's just quieter and, and he seems more mature, right? <laughs> so I, con- I called him every night, like every night. And so... The funny thing about how this works is we were teammates for a few years and we had a lot of, of uh, contact and a lot of growth. I gave him ideas on accident. He gave me tons of ideas and made me really think about what I was doing and really helped me become what I eventually became. And then the shoe was on the other foot. And something happened with SSB after 25 plus years of service there. And I was able to give them some recommendations that proved to be helpful. And that's the way our industry works. But this humility to reach out thing, it's, it's really big. It's, it's really big. And I'm, I'm betting because I know you that you kind of felt the weight of the world on your shoulders when Ross is reaching out to you and he's saying, you know, I need help. And like, he really trusted you. Like, and when someone trusts you that much, you have to work really, really hard for them and make sure they get the results. So tell me a happy story at the end of this, please. Absolutely. So Russ uh, is, uh, he's still in the industry. In fact, he's a middle, middle ranking manager. Um, now, you know, uh, uh, he, he thanks me for uh, the service I provided when he was in that role. Um, but I think that it was probably because he was able to open up, uh, with everybody and everything. And he, even in his own organization who had put him, uh, on that performance plan and he was able to uh, pull out of it. It was just simply, he didn't have the skill set at the time. I believe that, you know, he, he was, he was young. He was fresh out of college. It was one of his first jobs, if not his first job. And he's doing very well. So there, there he is a very happy ending to that. I don't, and I, and I do see him from time to time on social media. And uh, he doesn't show any signs of slowing down. Uh, in fact, he's become a pretty good leader. I routinely see uh, very, very uh, high praise uh, from the people that roll uh, underneath him. So 
Uh, absolutely. Humility to reach out. That's huge. We covered gratitude and we kind of touched on the fringe of it. And Guy really kind of slammed it home for us. Guy, I'll get to your question in just a second. And that is this idea of being real and being authentic. And he called, you know, Mike a, uh, a silent ninja. And there's been more than one of those people that are so quiet that you would think, how the heck are they going to sell anything? Because we always think of salespeople as outgoing and you know, I've become more outgoing in in my career, but when I tell people that I'm an introvert, they find it hard to believe. And I'm like, no, I really am. I'm an I'm an introvert by nature. My job has made me become more extroverted. And when you have something that you can share with somebody that can help their business grow, that can help them sell more, that can help them be more profitable, you want to share that. And that's kind of what makes me come out of my shell uh, a little bit, at least in the set selling thing. Uh, you know, if you see me on a beach, I'm typically got a book under my nose, and I'm not—I don't even know what's going on around me. So that—that's just me. You're Mister Outgoing, and it, it was hilarious. We were throwing axes up in Michigan, and. I met one of your buddies from high school. He's like, Chris has always been like this, like Mr. Outgoing, Mr. Popular. And I'm like, that is very cool. I mean, I absolutely can't relate to you in any way, shape, or form, but I admire it because I can't do it. So it's it's a it's a funny thing. But we, we so, all came away with all of our fingers. We did. We did we still, still right? have that uh that little green tea that I split in half, I still have. I keep that in my bag for, for good luck. Oh, I remember um, it. What was Guy's question? Can you pull that up, Chris? It's probably a question, if I may. Of course. How do you advise a salesperson get out of a slump regarding their thinking, discipline, behavior, habits, and attitude? Thanks, Kyle Danes. Thanks, Kyle. Um, by the way, Kyle, I got to tell you something, dude. You want to talk about authentic? You want to talk about keeping it real? The stuff that I've been reading on LinkedIn is so powerful. Uh, you do not fully comprehend what you're doing for a lot of people who are struggling. Um, you are one of my heroes. And I'm guessing you're. 20 or 30 years old. I don't know, maybe 40 years old, but whichever one of those you are, you're a kid to me because I'm 62. So advice on getting out of a slump, thinking, discipline, behavior, habits, and attitudes. Well, you know, that, what you laid out there is practically a roadmap for how you get out. But Chris, I'm going to let you take first swipe at this and then I'm going to come and I'm going to clean up after. Sure. I'm going to go very, very basic. And uh, thank you very much, Mr. Daines, for the question. Um, uh, I think that, um, you know, we're generally just, it, it, we could all agree that if if we're in a slump in anything, um, that aka that's a problem. And the first step to solving any problem is admitting that there is one. Um, and then once we've, uh, once we've been uh, courageous enough to do that, 
Um, we we need mm-hmm. to kind of think about you know what what's putting us in the current position, uh, taking stock in that, and then uh, also taking stock in the resources that are available to us in order to get out of that slump. Um, in our business, I would uh, um, I, I would suggest to anybody that's at least willing to admit that they're in a slump. Um, ju- that that would be where I would begin. Let, let, let's take some stock as to what is available to you immediately in order to help um, get pointed in the right direction. And then from an immediate uh, to to an intermediate to a long-term uh, strategy, what are the other resources and what kind of plan you can put in place, uh, you know, to, given the amount of time, uh, whether it's you're trying to uh, finish uh, at a certain goal for the end of a month or the end of a year uh, or if you are on a performance plan like Russ once, um, um, and really just leveraging all of the uh, the resources that you have. I'm a very big advocate in telling both uh, decision makers and retailers along with their sales associates, um, one of the best ways that you can make sure that you're optimizing the value that you're getting for the wholesale price that you're paying is making sure that your team is in routine communication uh, with vendor reps. A phone call is nothing, even if it's five, 10, 10 minutes reaching out to a vendor rep just to say, Hey, I want to get my money's worth and I'll put you to, to, to the test. I had an objection yesterday. I couldn't overcome. Here's what it was. How would you handle that? Okay. Great. Thank you very much. Then you go about the rest of your day. And then maybe you think about another deficiency that you may have. Maybe you call another vendor rep and you get their take on it. And that is to me, uh, one of the best, easiest ways that a vendor uh, can be optimized and the retailer can make sure that they're getting their money's worth for the wholesales. What do you think, Pete? Yeah, you, uh, you stole a lot of my thunder brother, but that's good. That's, that's great. What, and listen, one of the things that I, uh, 33 years young, God bless you. God <laughs> bless you. A lot of knowledge and a lot of, Hey, is that the great one? Is that Patrick Tinney? Patrick, is that you? How did I get here and how do I prevent this from happening again? I am pretty certain one of the questions you must have fallen into a slump is how did I get here and how do I prevent? Is that you, Patrick? That's got to be you. Yes. Yeah. There he is. That's my man right there. If you guys haven't read uh, Patrick's three books, you have to get them. Uh, Perpetual Hunger, which, uh, if you get through the first fa- 50 books of pages of that book and you don't cry, you're not a human being. Uh, when you get a handle on what Patrick's overcome and what he's accomplished in his life, uh, you will be in awe because Patrick is truly a great one. So, uh, Kyle, I think you really laid this out. Um, thinking what. What am I thinking? What thinking got me into this and what thinking's going to get me out? Um, discipline. Have I let my discipline slip? And what small step, and this is important, what small step can I take right now in stopping something I'm doing or starting something new that just reinforces the idea that I'm in control. Now, we're not in control of everything. We're not in control of this. We might have to work twice as hard as we've worked to make the same amount of money. Maybe 10 times as hard. Whatever it is, I'm committed to doing that. 
are you. Behavior. And, and behavior, that to me is where the rubber meets the road. You can have good thinking. You can have good discipline. But the behaviors uh, is... W- and so, very specifically, um, am I doing all the little things? Um, is there something that I have let slip? And did that cause another thing to slip? And, and what are the behaviors of an award-winning sales pro? What are the behaviors of an award-winning uh, store owner? What are the behaviors of an award-winning rep? What are those behaviors? And they have a lot to do with doing things that aren't always comfortable and doing things um, consistently. Um, you know, one of the best experiences of my life was working for Bob Sherman. And he used to tell me, Pete, you, you don't have to work as crazy as you work. You know, you're, I, I worry about you burning out. Well, here it is 40 years later, and I've never burned out. And, and there are times I work 70, 80 hours a week, but I don't burn out. And the reason I don't burn out is I'm aligned. I'm in complete alignment. So my work's not work. My work is play. I show my friends how to make money with my lines. That's not work for me. And so finding a way to make your work your play is one of the secrets of success in anything. Behaviors ties right into habits and uh, attitudes and and all this stuff is intermingled in it. But is there a new habit that I need to start? Is there an old habit that I let slide and I need to reestablish? And is there a habit that I just need to start to establish control over my life? And this idea that I have to execute a certain amount of attempts before I succeed. And it's not always going to go the way I want it to go. So when those inevitable misstarts happen and you fail, you don't make a sale, maybe even a sale that you should have made. Sometimes we don't make sales and it's completely out of our control. No no one could have made that sale. And got to be real honest with ourselves about that. But what are the habits that I could do right now? What is one little habit that I could just commit to and stick to and then grow upon an attitude. I guess the attitude that I've said all along here, listen, what's going on around me may not be positive. There might be a poisonous culture in my company. I, I Don't let that sidetrack. Don't let the things that aren't right sidetrack you from your goals. And hopefully your goal is to make sure that whoever your customers and your clients are, they are better served with you than with anybody else because you're committed to doing the right thing for them. So this attitude of true service to your to your end customer, to me, that is a commitment that we all have to make. And if you can't make it, you might be in the wrong place. Um, I can tell you this. If you constantly have to tell yourself to go to work, that's a problem. Because what I have to do is I have to constantly tell myself not to. And it's, 
and I still put in 70 or 80 hours a week. And like I said, it's not even, it's not even work. It's not work because of the alignment that I have with what I want to do, um, for my customers and what, um, what we end up doing and how we change customers' lives. And that didn't change from me being a sales pro on the retail floor to a sales rep to a VP of sales twice. Um, it's always been the same for me. What can I do to help this person that's in front of me right now to help make them the best that they can be? So I hope that helps. Did uh, something else pop into your head, Chris? I saw the wheels going. Yeah, no, I just, uh, you know, that was a fantastic monologue that you just did. I picked up a lot of it. Uh, um, you know, not, not that I don't pick up a lot whenever I have general conversations. You seem to have that effect on people, Pete. And I know that I'm not the only one that tells you that. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, um, it, it's, it, to me, for me, it just comes back to, uh, uh, what motivates you? Uh, in fact, I, I shared a funny story in the group a couple of months ago where I was actually in a meeting, uh, and, uh, and, and the proprietor of the business, uh, he asked his audience, he said, I got a really simple question for you. What motivates you? Because it certainly don't seem to me that it's money. And what he proceeded to do was, and I know that this might sound sinister to some, but for, um, it, it, it was a, it was a moment of levity and people did laugh about it. Uh, he actually produced, uh, one of those treasure chests from where we were kids, uh, in elementary school. Where when you did go down a test, you walked up to the front and you got to pick like a, a yo-yo or a spider ring or or some sort of treat. And so uh that that, that was that was his that, that was their way of uh of just reminding uh their team in a very playful way uh to find your motivation because we can't find that for you. That is something that you have to do on your own. Uh granted, you could hold us accountable to creating the we're we're like the gardener, okay? And we can either make this environment demotivating for you, or we could set the conditions to allow your best self to thrive, whether it's uh, in the capacity of being a person or uh, in your profession. And, um, you know, that that's the role that I believe uh, organizations uh, play, that it is, uh, it is incumbent upon them to set the conditions for one to find and exert their own motivation. Mm. Yep. Um, 100% agree with that. And yeah, that was, uh, that was funny in the group. Anybody that doesn't belong to the group that's listening, uh, you guys got to, you got just got to go to Mattress Industry Network group on Facebook. It's a free group, a lot of great things there. So this ties right into being a top retail salesperson. I'm going to read this very quickly. Chapter. 52, Nicole, if you're following along with me, probably don't need me to say this because you're already doing this and more. But uh, page 81, mail handwritten thank you notes. I want to share with you a business strategy that by itself can have a dramatic and positive effect on your business. And get this, everybody reading this can immediately implement and use in their business. Everybody. I don't care how big your business is and I don't care how small your business is. It's the power of the simple handwritten thank you letter or card. I know business owners that use thank you cards as a primary marketing strategy and their results are phenomenal. Think about it. Who doesn't like to be appreciated and thought of? 
This is an extremely powerful emotion you should be tapping into regularly to help your to help you consider when to send thank you cards. Here's a list of thank you opportunities. When you get a new customer, upon delivery of your product or service, when an existing customer makes a purchase, when someone gives you a referral, when a peer gives you helpful advice, as a follow-up after a store visit or a phone call. In John F. Lawhon's book, Selling Retail, he describes the difference between really good retail salespeople and the elite million-dollar-plus producers. The really good salespeople sent a thank you to everyone that bought. The elite million-dollar-plus producer sent a thank you to everyone they worked with, whether they bought or not. As a retail salesperson working for someone else, I wrote thank you notes on my own stationery with my own envelopes. It made a huge difference in my business. Four years after I left my last retail job, there were still customers asking for me, according to my friends who still work there. So what do you, what do you say, Mr. Tahaney? Well, I would say that that is a testimony, a testimonial to your book in that it's, um, no matter how long ago you wrote it, if you wrote that page 81 20 years ago, that's still, that's still important. It still resonates because I've talked to a couple of retailers. Um, one of them very, very large, um, that attested to the reason that they'll do handwritten cards specifically is because they found that they get a better response from a handwritten card than the propensity to rely on electronic communication, which I know is very tempting. Uh, I know that it's obviously a very you know big part of our businesses going forward, uh, but um, uh, they, they, there's a little bit of a human element to be lost. And if I'm a consumer myself, um, and if I receive a handwritten note, particularly on stationery, I'm thinking to myself, the time that went into this, uh, if I were to do this, how long would it take in me? And I could assume that they're not doing it just for me. They're probably doing this for hundreds of people. The amount of time and money and trouble that they are taking to reach out and touch me in this way uh, resonates with me more so than if I were to just receive uh, a text message, uh, which at the bottom, I reserve the right to opt out. If you want to re- start to stop receiving these messages, you can unsubscribe or you could send uh, reply zero to get off the list. Um, so that's my big takeaway as you read your book to the audience. Um, you know, not, not that your book is, you know, was written 20 years ago, as I suggested, but even if it did, even if you did write it 20 years ago, that is absolutely imperative and a great, um, um, a, a great tactic that any retailer should consider. Thanks, Chris. So text or email is definitely cheaper. And it's definitely less impactful than a handwritten note that you actually stick a stamp on it. Don't put it through the meter. Put a stamp on it. It gets more attention that way. little helpful hint from Dan Kennedy, one of the greatest marketers in the world. Uh, Scott Vaughn, slumps suck. And we all go through them. I've handled it two different ways. I pouted about the slump. I'm in. And I've planned on, boy, I'm in suspense. Come on, Scott. I think Scott hit the enter button a little bit too quickly. He couldn't wait. Come on, Scott. This has got to be Patrick. Take note of what percentage of each day you speak negatively to yourself and stop it. 
say, okay, Pat. Now I know it's you, Pat. <laughs> you just showed me all of the negative stuff. Now, what is the positive stuff going on? Do do this over and over again. You know, Pat, I um one of the most important things any human being can do is to be honest with themselves and to talk back to those negative thoughts. You go, where the hell were you when I needed you? Now you're laying this thing on me. Where were you when I needed you? I don't need you. And guess what? Unless you have something positive to say, I'm really not interested in this conversation. The conversations that we have with ourselves, in our heads, can be some of the most uplifting ones in the world. But for most of us, most days, there's a lot of negativity. Am I good enough? You know, when, when you make it big, the first time you make it big, am I good enough? Did I just luck out? All this is human. It's human. And you have to start talking back to those negative thoughts. And if you don't, you're going to get pounded um, and you're going to just be like a ship in a sea tossed about between waves. You've got to anchor your ship. You have to talk back to those thoughts. And I couldn't uh, agree more. Scott, what are you doing, man? You did never finish your thought, brother. I love you. Getting out Very of the house after much experience, planning pays more. Getting out of the slump after much planning pays more. I've pouted about them and I've planned on plan. Oh, plan on getting out of the slump. Okay, I've got you. Yeah. What got? Hey, what got me in here? Like, did I start doing something different? What did I do different? You know, who did I start listening to? You know, uh, listen. I gotta tell you guys. I, I used to listen to AM talk radio. I stopped it. Do you know why? It was making me miserable. Guess what? If if it's if it's not a Christmas song this time of year, it's a book. It's Jeb Blunt selling in a crisis. Anthony Iannarino leading growth. I'm reading. I'm listening to books on tapes. I'm making my car a university on wheels. Um, hey Rob, how are you, brother? Um, Good to have you here. We can be our own worst enemy. We are our own worst enemy. You know, um, I we really can be. And we really have to talk back to those voices. And, uh, you know, there, there have been a few authors who talk about that. But one of the oldest, and he's not alive anymore, was Vernon Howard. Um, read Vernon Howard's stuff. And, and, and I'm telling you, you'll think that he's crazy at the beginning and then you'll go, no, this dude's laying it out. This dude is actually telling the truth. And w Vernon Howard is a great place to start. Talk back to those negative self, that, that negative self-talk and don't listen to it because we all have it, every one of us. And we have to learn how to get out of it. So. Mr. Chris Stone, we've got some people that have made some great comments in there. We, we have got the great one, Patrick Tinney. Uh, we've got 
the amazing Scott Vaughn, Rob Mitzel, one of my favorite. Who else was in here today? Stu uh, Segura's here. Stu. Stu, yep. I love you, Stu. And Kyle and Guy Danes. All of these guys are in there. And one of them is going to win a Dream Fit uh, sheet, uh, uh, set, uh, sheet set with these beautiful inch and a half thick um, reinforced, um, is it silicone or is it acrylic? What is it? It's oh, a, uh, silicone. 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 It's no slip feature yet. So that it doesn't slip. These, uh, these sheets are amazing. They feel great. They look great. They don't come off of your bed, even if it's on an adjustable bed. And more and more folks are selling adjustable beds out there. And that's the single best thing you can do for your customer. Help them get involved with an adjustable bed. It's not for everybody, but for 90% of your customers, they can sleep better with an adjustable bed than they can flat. So, Chris Stone, do your magic and tell us who the winner is. Hey, why why are not I in there? Rob Mitzel. Rob Mitzel. Congratulations, Rob. Rob. Awesome, Rob. Rob is the winner. Email Chris Tahaney at dreamfit.com. Do you want them shipped to your place or shipped to your home? Just get them the address you want it shipped to and the color, the size, and which model you want. Congratulations, Rob. Rob gets a hold of me pretty easy. That's a beautiful thing. I love Stu. Happy for somebody else. That that attitude puts you in the top like 1% of people right there, being happy for other people's success. That's one of the things that I would say sales pros, um, I'll never forget this as long as I live, Chris. I, I, on my interview for to go to Kronheim's Furniture, I said, I want to go to the store that Angel Gutierrez works at because I'm going to beat them. And they started falling over laughing. Like, no one is going to beat Angel Gutierrez. They are giving up. Right. And they fell over and laughed. And uh, they said, well, they called me back because they offered me a job at another store. And I said, no, I'm not going to that store. I want to go to the store Angel works at so I can beat them. And I did beat them. And uh, Angel came over to me and he congratulated me. And that is the hallmark of the great ones. They will congratulate and truly be happy for somebody else who is enjoying success. Same thing happened at United Sleep Products. I came to United Sleep Products and the numbers these reps were putting up, Chris, were unbelievable. I mean, these were the elite reps in the industry. They were putting up numbers that people can't, can't even fathom. Um, and it took me years. It took me five, maybe six years before I became number one. Here comes Dave Paul. He could have said, hey, you lucked out. You got one big account and, and you beat me. He didn't say any of that. He goes, you deserve this. He goes, congratulations on being the, the number one sales rep at United Sleep Products. 
So right there, that's Dave Paul, who's been number one so many times in his career and in his life. It's not even funny. Um, all the top sales pros, they love and are happy for other people's success. And one other thing I would add, and I know you've got something that you want to say there, and I promise I will give you the last word, Chris. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed, and it doesn't even matter if they're commissioned or not commissioned, it's a, it's a natural leap if, the, if, if they're commissioned salespeople, but the very best sales pros, this might be the biggest secret of all of them that we've dropped today. They view it as their own business. And when you view it as your own business, you buy your own stationery, you buy your own envelopes, you write those thank you notes in your own handwriting. You don't look for shortcuts. You want to let that customer know that they're important to you and they're the lifeblood of your business. And um, I, I think that attitude that this is my business, I own my own sales business. And I the way that I conduct my affairs in this sales business is important to me. It, it's critical. It, 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 it's a representation of me and who I am and by extension, my creator. And I am doing this because I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing for the customer and I'm doing the right thing for the company and for everybody involved. You get the last word, though, Chris. And I saw yeah, so you know, going. the wheels started going when I was... I'll, I'll, I'll bring it out home. No, I, I appreciate this. Bring uh, it home, uh, brother. That story that you shared about United Sleep Products. Uh, when I was a young man, my first job was... Uh, my family comes from the automotive industry. My first job was washing cars, about as far away as you can possibly get from a sales profession. And uh, very early, I saw um, um, a, a salesperson that just joined the organization... Uh, he wanted to sit down with the general manager and he says, you know, um, I need X amount of dollars for this ad. I need X amount of dollars for this ad. And the general manager was like, well, hold on a minute here. Okay. I don't know who you are. I don't care what you did in the past. We, we don't do this for any of our guys. Why don't we just, why don't you go out there on the floor and just see, let's see what we can, what we can do first. And then he said, okay. And he took all, he took the matter into his own hands and he did his own ads. Uh, all the all the pre-strategy that he had already had in place in his former employer, which made him so successful there. And he, his first full month on the job, he broke the record three times over. He literally smashed the record 300%. Wow. And uh, after that, you could be sure that the general manager was like, hey, come on in the office here, Johnny. Let's talk about that. Show me that ad that you wanted to do. Let me, let me see this strategy. Yeah, we absolutely think that we could subsidize this. Um, I do remember that uh, uh, the uh, person that he dislodged did not take it very well. I'm glad in your experience, you had somebody with the dignity and the humility to congratulate you because not everybody that, uh, that, that achieves those accomplishments uh, enjoys that, as is the case of Johnny, my former colleague, 30 years ago now. I think we're going back. Um, don't let that derail you. Uh, if anything, use that as extra. Either way, you can't lose. So use if if you if you've got if you're not getting the uh, the praise and the plaudits you've worked hard to achieve, don't let that bother you. Use that as motivation. If you are getting the congratulations like you got, Pete, let that motivate you. Um, and one uh, I would just say in closing is I you know I, you've alluded to this a couple of times. Um, it's a little rocky out there right now. It's a little bit rough. Um, 
we're all in this together. Um, if, if, if you're in a, you know, regardless of the business that you're in, uh, there are people that you could, uh, that you could depend on. There are people that you could leverage. There are people that will, uh, whether you're in a slump or whether things are going very well and you want to have positive conversations, less opposite of good conversations. Um, we're, we are all in this together. And, uh, um, that, that's certainly a lot better than, uh, uh, you know, squandering the abundance of, Idle time that you may have and make it impactful and meaning. Wow. That's, uh, that, that was like right out of John F. Lawhon's book. Um, you know, if you're a retail sales pro and you're not actively doing something, uh, to benefit your customers, pick up the floor, make that, make the floor the best presentation it can be. Go to the store owner and say, hey, I have an idea. I want to move this over here. I want to move this over here. What do you think? Can, can we do that? Create the environment that you want to create in your store so that it's a better environment than anybody else in, in your neck of the woods. And you're going to do a lot more business in good times and in not so good times. So. Don't be a stranger, guys. We're not going anywhere. We're going to be here with you the entire time, uh, no matter how long this lasts, whether it's six months, whether it's a year, whether it's two years, it does not matter. Uh, we're all in this thing together. And anybody that needs uh, to talk, even if I'm outside of your geography and you're wondering what's what, pick up the phone and call me, 419 419- Five six zero three one six nine. Tell me what's going on. I'll give you everything I've got for free. And you know, if you get over ten hours, I might tell you you're starting to <laughs> up against some consultant fees. But uh, an hour, I'll give anybody anytime I can. Um, I spend uh, probably thirty forty hours a week just driving. So. Um, feel free to, to pick up the phone and call. And anybody here that is thinking about they need more profit in their business, they need more sales training, they need more passion, they need more energy, they need more quality in their business, they need more repeat customers in their business. You guys got to get in touch with Chris at DreamFit. Uh, DreamFit sheets are the one item in almost every furniture store that has the most, absolutely the most repeat business um, after the sale. And so that means people are actually being referred and coming into the store that have never even been in the store because Sally May got a set of DreamFit sheets and she told her neighbor you've got to get these sheets. They're the best sheets in the world. And they're coming in and asking for them. So if you need something like that, Chris, what's the best way to reach out to you? Uh, the Mattress Industry Network. I'm very active there. Um, <clears throat> hence, you'll find me on Facebook. Uh, feel free to dis- uh, uh, direct message me there. I'm also very active on LinkedIn. Uh, I encourage you to follow me on LinkedIn and uh, also our page, Dream Fit Home, uh, where we share everything from product information to better sleep tips, uh, et cetera. Uh, my email address uh, is um, uh, is been captured. I see it on the screen there. Uh, you can reach me there. Or my telephone number is 708-577-3411. Chris, thanks a million. And I'm very thankful for you and all you do for the industry. And uh, 
Uh, I, I'm looking forward to what 2023 brings our way. And uh, man, it's Vegas is right around the corner, huh? Just a little bit over 60 days away, Pete. Can't yeah. wait. It's, it's going quick. Thank you so much, Chris. Have a great day. Thank you, Pete. It's a pleasure as always. Thank you. For-